Hi, this is Gina Casella from Port St. John, Florida, and you're listening to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the Really Big Barbecue Show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, What? I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. All right, just like that, we're into the second hour. You have found the Barbecue Central show. Congratulations to you. You have done something right today. Boy, I feel really bad. I think my last guest didn't see me on uh, on Skype now that I think about it. Oh, no. No, no, he sure didn't. I better fix that right now as I'm Boy. thinking about it. Otherwise, Robin won't be able to see me and she'll be like, how come I can't see her? Arr. Still to come on the show, as I had mentioned, Robin Lindars from GrillGrill.com in about 13 minutes from now. And then Pizza Master Matt Frampton coming out of the bullpen later this evening. You can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snappy Snaps, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. Man, I don't... There is something going on with my sound. I, I touch nothing. I can tell you that. Now, in three weeks' time, when we make the inevitable move out of the current Barbecue Central Show studio and then go to whatever is going to be the new Barbecue Central Show studio, everything's going to get unplugged. Everything's... All the cords are going to be taken out, and oh my god, it's going to be an absolute nightmare. I have all of my different color-coded things to go on each individual thing. I'm trying not to undo everything like the mixer. I'm going to leave one half together, but everything that's connected outside externally is going to come off of microphones and through all the sound chain stuff and the the compressors and whatever the hell this thing is called that I can't remember right off the top of my head. Uh, Preamp, I think is what it's called. That's gonna. I'm not looking forward to that, like at all. So, but as I look at my meter, I, I'm not any less loud in my ears, but my meter is not nearly bumping as loud as it normally is. So, if you're listening and you think I sound the same, or if you've had to run up the volume a little bit on this week's show, uh, drop me an email and let me know. That way, I can figure out all next week or, or during the next. I mean, whatever the hell I'm trying to say. Over the next six days after tonight, I can try and figure out how come I'm stopping at around negative six or or a negative uh, eight, negative seven, instead of going to negative six. That's where I usually like to live, negative six. But I'm not there. Really concerned. Something has happened. Maybe in a restart. I mean, who the hell knows? Such So finicky, I swear. But... I'll fix it in post. Don't worry. That's what they say in all the big shows. We'll fix it in post. Don't worry about it. Coming up this Friday on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, episode 129, taking you back to January 19th, 2010. Uh, Remember a few weeks ago or so when I was telling you about the upcoming best of show and how I wasn't really excited to have you hear the content, but then mentioned how over the last many years I have evolved into a better, more self-realized human. This is another one of those times. Ten years ago, it was timely. It was funny. And if I'm being honest, if the same thing happened again today as it did back then, I'd probably have the exact same take. But listening to it still makes me wonder about word choice and sharpness. Hey, what can I say? If you want to hear me take a run and a great eight-minute run at the world's best golfer at the time, then you will want to make sure that you check out the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less coming up this Friday, and you do have to be subscribed to the podcast in order for that to happen. Otherwise, you won't get anything. You won't get the replay of this show Wednesday, Thursday, and you will not get the best of show on Friday. 
And then there's this. For the last three or four years at least, I have talked to you, the centralite public, at some point during the year about Barbecue Hall of Fame nominations. The association takes suggestions slash nominations from the general public for months and months. It allows you the opportunity to express who you think is worthy of consideration, but it's not as simple as dropping a name in an open computer text field and hitting send. No, 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 no. The committee requires you to answer a small handful of questions. This portion is a big problem for some of you. I might even venture to say is a big problem for most of you. I've said it before. I will say it again. If you aren't going to take the time to sell your nominee, your name that you are giving to the committee, then don't bother participating. Your lame, incomplete, and quite frankly, lazy attempt at nominating someone in a word is offensive to the person you are nominating. When you nominate, you should be doing so under this mindset. Assume no one on the committee knows who the hell you're talking about as far as the name that you're sending in. Then you answer all the questions, tell their story, build their value, tell them how they have impacted the various realms of the live fire world and how they have impacted your life as well. Write many words. Brevity in this instance is not something that's valued It's not benefiting anyone involved. If you don't feel like putting in the 15 minutes or so to get it done right and really, is 15 minutes too much to ask for Hall of Fame consideration? Then don't do it. Don't do it. Now, maybe you can't quite wrap your big fat head around what I'm talking about. Well, you're in luck because I have a textbook example of what the hell I am actually talking about. And the most painful part of this is that it was generated by one of my dearest, closest, most longtime recurring friends and guests here on this show, Meathead, a professionally trained journalist. This was his submission for me. And I quote, nominee, Greg Rempe, category, journalism. He doesn't have too much play in that. They have specified categories, I think, if I remember correctly. Because I also have nominated uh, many people. Once again, category, journalism. Question number one. Please explain why you chose these categories. And again, these answers are verbatim. And I quote, Rempe hosts a radio broadcast. Already we have a problem. Rempe, we're starting out with informality. Rempe, come on. And also, I host zero radio broadcasts. This is an internet broadcast. Not radio. Confusing. Disrespectful. Dismissive Rempy. Come on. Question number two. Please give a brief description of your nominee's career in barbecue. Many years hosting the best podcast, vlog, radio show exclusively dedicated to barbecue. Also misleading, incorrect, convoluted. Many years. How many? Hosting the best podcast? I can agree with that. Vlog? It's not a vlog. Radio show? Not a radio show. It's never been a radio show. I've never been on the radio in my life. Never. Question three. Please list your nominees' awards, accomplishments, and honors. And I quote, I have no idea. I have no idea. Hmm. If only 
if only there was somebody that you could reach out to and get the answer to this mind-bending question. Let me ponder on this for wait. Oh, oh, wait a second. You could call me. I know my awards, accomplishments, and honors. Me, the person you're nominating. Of course. I have no idea is the answer you gave. I have no idea. That's the answer. That's what I get. I have no idea. Question number four. What has your nominee contributed back to the barbecue community? He's a pipeline of information and opinion to thousands. Additional notes. He was the first. He's the best and reaches the most. I'm going to hit send. Well done. We've nominated Mr. Rempe for the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Don't do that. You're wasting everybody's time. If you're going to nominate me with that, please do me the favor. Don't then carbon copy me back or forward me the receipt that the Barbecue Hall of Fame gets for that. I don't want to see that. I mean, it is kind of insulting. Question number three in your answer is, I have no idea. Do you even know me? The nominations that I wrote for John Marcus and Sterling Ball were incredible. To the point where I can't believe both of them are not voted in yet. They were persuasive. They were regaling of tales of different things that they have accomplished. All things I researched on my own. And I get a, I have no idea? (laughs) Rempy hosts a radio show? This is textbook. When I talk to you about how you should or should not be nominating people, do you think if these people on the nominating committee, uh, Adrian Miller, Robert Moss, Daniel Vaughn, The list goes on. They get this. Do you think they spend five seconds arguing if I should make it into the nine semifinalists name? (laughs) Hardly. The guy nominating me doesn't know if I have any awards, accomplishments, or honors. Immediately dismissed. I mean, come on. Don't forward that to me if you make that effort. And more to the point, if this is the effort you're going to make, don't don't bother. Save me the trouble. I've had to stew over this for a week. Are you kidding me? Meathead, you're way better than this. You're a writer by profession. You couldn't pull something off better than this? I don't know if I... Uh, like. Uh, I feel like I should nominate you as poorly around. I mean, come on. What are we talking about? Come on, Meathead. You're better than that. Um, My nomination should be better than that. Or don't nominate me. I have no idea. (laughs) Oh, what a meathead. Robin Lindar is coming up out of the break. I'm going to talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Everybody loves Southside. You know it. Established in 1882, Southside, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas, owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage or authentic Central Texas barbecue. All meats, including the prime brisket, slow smoked over real Texas post oak wood. Shipping nationwide via the online store, southsidemarket.com. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later. Include a custom gift note. And mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. That's nice. All shipped items vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation. All meats processed in that on-site USDA inspected facility. Two restaurants, Elgin, Texas since 1882 and Bastrop, Texas since 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. If you're shopping on SouthsideMarket.com, use promo code BBQ Central for 10% off the entire online order. BBQ Central, all one word and lowercase 
at checkout at southsidemarket.com. Works this time, works next time, works your 748,000th time ordering on southsidemarket.com. Again, that's promo code BBQ Central. Sausage Slammers, if you've never had them, what a treat. Dad would love them, I bet. Unless your dad's kind of a wimp in the heat department, he might not like them. But they got regular sausage. The beef sausage is great, too. SouthsideMarket.com. Robin Lindar is coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Monthly visits from a killer hog, a cooking guy, a man named Meathead, the author of Barbecue Bible, a grill girl, a bristly barbecue journalist. And the male feasts of the barbecue world known as the Embedded Correspondents. Only found right here on the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Currently available in two different sizes with a third one on the way later in the year. Whether you're a beginner or professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. Joining me for her traditional jaunt here on the third Tuesday of the month and not backing out on me like many in the month of June, Robin Lindars. Hey, hey, Robin. What's up, friend? How are you? What it do? Happy Tuesday. Did you hear how Meathead nominated me for the Barbecue Hall of Fame? I just heard that, and I am definitely um, disappointed because we all know what a really great writer he is. So he kind of, he really kind of messed up on that. You know, for, uh, I don't know, it's been uh, any number of months now, he has absolutely baffled me with first saying that pineapple is the best thing he's ever had off the grill, uh, uh, holding everything uh, accountable, a beef or veggies, whatever, said pineapple was the best thing. Thought I had to question everything there. And then he writes one of the most lackluster Barbecue Hall of Fame nominations for his pal, me, Greg Rempe. I I think I have to question our whole relationship over the last 11 years. It's like I don't even know him. Maybe um, maybe the, the corona or the, the quarantine is just getting to him. You think that could be it? <laughs> Maybe he's got, maybe he has Corona twenty seven. He's past nineteen. He's graduated eight levels up. Oh my god! Look, you know it gets cold in Chicago in the winter, and maybe it's you know he's trying. He needs to thaw out a little bit. But Robin, it's it's the middle of June. Who are we kidding? I know, but was that? I don't know. I yeah, I can't even find. I'm trying to give him an excuse here, but it's don't just, make any excuses, Robin. If I nominated you for the Barbecue Hall of Fame and did that, I mean, you would call me up and be like, "What the f?" Like, I have no idea. Is one of the answers you actually put down? I I forwarded it to Daniel Vaughn, and he just was like, "Wow, looks like you're not getting in again next year, loser." And I'm like, well, with friends like that, who needs enemies?" Well, he's just such a good writer, and he re- – I mean, you know, any of his articles, he goes into so much great detail on everything. You, he could at least extend that into his oh, nomination. I think we know, where he dr- we know where he draws the line, I guess. Heaven forbid. Let's mark it up uh-huh. to the fact that he's old, you know, and end of days are coming, I'm sure. So we'll let him <laughs> slide. Okay, all right. Uh, so we have Father's Day coming up, Robin. Uh, you love your dad. You guys pal around. You're live fire cookers together. You do a whole bunch of really cool stuff. Um, and also, you do put out really cool, like, uh, holiday gift ideas. So, you know, I don't know if, like, Father's Day is, like, holiday, like Christmas, per se. But uh, certainly a day where if your dad's into live fire or cooking in general, you probably have some pretty cool ideas. Yeah. So, um one thing that I'm doing right now, and I've been, I'll probably put this on Instagram tomorrow. So you guys just stay tuned is um, bourbon and Coke gummies. So oh. this is more like if you thought of like, you know, Christmas and then like a stocking stuffer, this would be like a stocking stuffer, but um, a fun thing to bring to like a, a, a party or a cookout this weekend, hanging out with dad. Um, so during the quarantine, all my girls on um, like I have like a grill girl chat with all my, my, fun friends that are females that are also into grilling and these vodka gummies were really circulating. And so I'm doing a bourbon and cola flavored gummy, putting them in cute jars. And they, it's basically like, you know, a glorified, um, jello shot. Right. But Mm. the bourbon soaks in the gummies for like three days and you basically have boozy gummies. 
So I'm making those. Dad, I don't think you're listening. So if you are, that's I'm making those. But why, why would we assume that your dad's not listening? I mean, Hurricane Eddie is one of my biggest fans. What are you talking about? He was listening when I came on earlier, but now that I've switched to a later spot, I don't. I don't know. I think his his um view his his you know rate of attending uh, is is not what it used to be. He's a podcaster um, now. <laughs> so, but my other idea. This is fun too because you know at this point you you may not be able to get something shipped right. right? So, right. Um, one thing that's really fun is to make like a barbecue gift basket, but. Your basket is a chimney starter. So you go to like Home Depot or your hardware store and you buy a chimney starter and that you fill up with all kinds of really good shit for dad. Favorite barbecue rubs, all the stuff you might want. You know, like if if you were getting a barbecue a goodie bag or basket for yourself, maybe their favorite charcoal. Um, hey, throw in some, some good beef to go with it. But you, you make that kind of like, you fill that full of all the the fun stuff and it's kind of like a a stocking but you know like it it's father's day and so, it's 100 percent useful because not only is it holding all the other cool stuff once it's empty then you can load it full of charcoal and start your grill totally yeah. i actually did this um i did this for my dad a while ago but also and it's on my blog if you if you google if you go on grill girl and put in um gift or uh, I think it's called chimney starter gift basket or, you know, something under Father's Day, it'll pop up. Um, but it's just a great way to make a very custom gift that's also super useful. And if your dad likes grilling, which most dads, at least I would hope dabble in grilling, um, you can really kind of custom it, customize it to their flavor profiles, the kind of rubs they like or grilling accessories. You know, you can kind of just stock up on stuff that, you know, and it, it, the thing is, is you don't have to it, those are the kind of things that you can find without having to you know, worry about it getting there on time and shipping and yada, yada, yada. So and, that's a fun thing to do, too, that's creative. Plus, it's really cool looking as well. Um, yes. let's Let's talk about a steak here just for a second. I think there's going to be a lot of steaks that are going to be cooked over Father's Day, uh, whether the dad is conveniently tasked with cooking the steaks because that's somehow what happens on Father's Day. The dad gets to cook the dinner. It's weird. Um, but... Uh, what? Give me some of your favorite ways, or, or what are your best practices on steak? You know, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer here, but how do you like to do it? I like to do the reverse sear. Um, that's you know, that's that's been something that's been talked about for a while, but I think it's I think it's powerful. It you know, it's all about letting it heat up and get to where you want it, and then searing it at the end. So of course, like create a, a two zone fire for yourself, so you have direct and indirect. You start on indirect, especially, you know, the idea here is that hopefully you've got a, yourself a nice thick steak. Um, you want the inside to get up to temperature, but you still want the outside to have those nice char marks, that nice sear. But you don't want to cook the shit out of the steak. Like nobody wants an overcooked steak. No. And um, so the idea is, you know, you start on indirect, you're kind of roasting it and then you finish it. Um, with the sear, once you're pretty much almost there at your internal temperature. So, you know, if you want like a medium rare steak, um, it, you know, you, I would I would cook it on indirect to like 125 and then move it to direct and then get your nice sear on both sides and then, um, you know, and then pull it after you've had it and you've gotten those marks on a, a couple minutes each side and then let it rest under foil and it'll continue to come up to temp. So, um that's what I would, that was what I would recommend. I actually have a, a, a video on grill school about, about that. So, um, it's all about don't overcook it, right? Cause you can always throw it back on, but you can never reverse. You can never unfuck it. <laughs> wow. That is, uh, some kind of, uh, explanation there. And let me point out to that, uh, to, to illustrate that perfectly. We were at a, uh, a place getting a steak and they overshot on my daughter's steak. It was like she ordered it medium rare plus and it came out and it was almost to well done. She cut through it. She held it up. She's like, what the hell is this? And uh, so she said, hey, you know, hey, my steak's beat, you know, and they're like, okay, well, we'll uh, we'll get, you know, that steak stayed right there. You know, usually when it's underdone, they grab it back. It goes back out onto the fire and they bring it back up to temperature, bring the same one back out to you. That's why I think or that's why I did that expose a year or two ago about the purposeful undercooking of steaks is because once you shoot past it, 
as evidence at that restaurant that we were at, they did not take it. They left it right there because, as you said, they can't bring it back down from temperature once it gets past a certain point. So uh, no right. uh, no better way to prove that than uh, what we saw a couple weeks ago. All right. So uh, that's, and now, that's why the direct and indirect is so like so beneficial, because if you have those two zones, then you, then you give yourself some um, you give yourself some opportunity. Right. Like if it's cooking too hot, you can always put it on indirect and it's still staying warm, but you're not continuing to char the shit out of it. Right. You know, like um, so it's, it's just it's giving yourself more options, which are which is what you want in life. Do you like to finish steak any certain way? Are you compound butter gal or board sauce lady or anything like that? I, you know, because I've, I've done a few steak competitions and then I've got my my steak certificate, my steak judging certificate. <laughs> um, so I'm a certified steak judge. So I think I've gotten really spoiled with the butter because I just I love the extra butter and, and I've really turned into a ribeye girl. So I'm all about the fat and the marbling like I want to taste like i just like the taste of like the fat in my mouth and then the butter with it i don't know it's just i'm sure this is going to turn into a perverted meme after this but (laughs) um, you know and yeah i would say you know if on top of the butter do a compound butter or use rosemary to brush the Mm. butter on and you impart that flavor and then finally what i really love is like a very high quality uh, blue cheese oh. and just finishing with crumbles of that. It's like, that's like the perfect thing for me is like perfect cooked steak. Um, I like to use smoked salt and smoked pepper and smoked paprika and that's it. Um, and then cook it perfectly, add the butter, add the the blue cheese. And it's like, oh my God, perfect. Robin Lindar is joining me here on the show. Grillgirl.com is the website. Robin, let's go back a few weeks to a very dark time in your social media history. You were indeed hacked by some douche, and I will let you lay it out here in a second, but I want to use this, as we say in the parenting world, as a teachable moment to everyone out there that maybe isn't taking all of these security precautions and measures available out there today. How did this get going, and when did you know, as you say, you were fucked? Yeah, it was um, it was a dark time. And that just was like really the week from hell, honestly. Um, so I had actually just made the decision that I needed to have my dog put down. And I had just like made that appointment for for it to happen like later in the week. So I think I was a little bit like mentally just, you know, preoccupied. Kind of yeah. Right. Yeah, I was depressed. And, and so, um, you know. I have applied for verification multiple times and um, never heard back, never hear anything. And then I got this email about verification and I think I was multitasking like I always am. And I was like, awesome. Finally, I heard something back. Now, um, for those of you, the verification is just like the blue check checkbox um, next to your name on Instagram. And you know, I, I find it annoying because I have my Facebook page verified um, from years ago. And then my Instagram page is I can't get it verified, but they're linked and they're owned by the same company. So I don't I don't know. If it makes you feel any better, Robin, I'm zero verified. I, I can't. They just deny me at every turn. They're like, F off. You got like eight followers. You know, call us when you're a real man. Uh, so screw them. But anyway, so I was super vulnerable. So then I get this email about verification and it looks super legit. And I was just like, Oh my God. Yay. You know, because I was already kind of having a bad day and I was happy to have something like positive happening. And I responded to the email and gave them my information. And, um, that person ended up being a hacker. So I think that, and I'll go on and, and tell more about it, but the teachable moment in that is that these criminals out there are really good at what they do. Um, so the lesson learned from that, which is what I did not do is make sure that you verify the email that it's from an actual like address. Because for me, the way it came through in my Gmail, it said Instagram verification. But when I looked closer, it said Instagram verification at like Gmail. Right. But it didn't show up that way as the, as the name of the account. Right. So that's the first clue. Um, but what happened was it's actually this like Turkish guy, this like, um, what, what do they call it? Like, you know, dark web people. Sure, dark uh, web, yes. 
and his his account is still online. I haven't been able to get it shut down because um, I've seen him change multiple times, you know, um, and he advertises social transactions. Um, it's, it's some guy in Turkey. And, uh, you know, and so so anyway, this guy takes over my account. I remember it. It was like five o'clock in the afternoon and I try to log in. And, and then my account says, doesn't recognize your, um, your username. And then it tells me your username doesn't exist. And then I check my email and I see that someone signed in and changed the email address associated with the account. And then what they went on to do was change the name on the account. So essentially what this guy did was he took my account, which had about 20,000 followers and, um, tried to transfer it to other people. And so um, while this happened, you know, because I um, have tagged my husband in a few things, he could actually watch because he had been tagged like what my account used to be, the name changing over and over. So this guy like then switched the account over multiple times um, and then tried to, I guess, give it to someone else and then even advertised what he did on his profile. And so meanwhile... um, you know, if you if this ever happens to you, your recourse through Instagram is that you log in and you tell them, um, you know, that you have issues. It's it's not a very easy way to get to. It's it's uh, it's kind of like you log in and you have to find this other, um, you know, interface to go to or click this other button and then rec- you know it's it's this whole scheme of things. Um, but the thing is, is that if you, if your account doesn't exist anymore because the email has been changed, you can't even get that Right. Far. I was just going to say, like, how can you even log back in if the guy's eliminated everything? Exactly. So you can't. And also the thing is, is when someone changes the email address, you get a verification in your email to say, <laughs> did you make this change? And yeah. you can click um, and say, no, I did not, or revert back to rechange the password. But unless you do it in that moment, um, you know, before it's, it's changed, then you can't revert it. So yeah. you're screwed because, you know, Instagram has all these, um, procedures in place, but they don't really work in all of the different scenarios. Right. So, so then you're screwed because, you know, if you don't have an account, how do you even reach out to support to tell them that your account's been hacked? Sure. So I logged in through Hunter's account, my son, and tried to tell them and submit a ticket that way, but then they automatically closed it down because oh. it looks like it's coming from Hunter. Right. So it's it's such a nightmare and you can't get in touch with anyone. So what I ended up having to do was I, I reached out to everyone I know on um, that actually like everyone I know that might know people that work at Facebook or Instagram. Yep. And I, and I have to say like, I'm super thankful of the barbecue community, even just offering to help um, like friends of friends, even saying, Hey, I know someone that works at Facebook just because you, there's no way to get in touch with anyone. If this happens to you um, like directly. And so um, like even my, you know, I have a pretty nice ambassador gig with Kingsford. I reached out to them saying, Hey, can you talk to your Instagram rep? Because think about Kingsford's owned by Clorox. Yeah. You know, they've spent some advertising dollars. Yep. I had their account manager, Shannon, submit a friends and family ticket. And then I had another person submit something. And then I personally went on and reached out to Facebook ads manager because um, the only way that you can actually get in touch with anyone at the company is through their ad manager. Um, because that's where they actually staff it with people and, you know, ads are a big deal to them. Yeah, right. And so you can submit a ticket. However, you can only submit a ticket if you actually have a Facebook page that you've spent money on advertising. And that's how I did it. So if this was only purely Instagram, like if you didn't have a Facebook account, uh, like page, you wouldn't have recourse. I would almost recommend that if this happened to you, almost like create a Facebook page just and buy an ad or something just so you can have a direct contact with someone, someone in Facebook ads manager to tell them what happened. Wow. Um, so I reached out to Facebook's ads manager the first time and I got a guy that, you know, and I told him that my account had been compromised. It was linked with Facebook, blah, blah, blah. And he was basically reading off a script and was like, sorry, we can't help you. This is out of my scope. And then I was like, well, can I talk to your supervisor? And then his supervisor basically told me the same thing and then sent me an email telling me that they couldn't help me. And I was like, thanks a lot. And I felt really helpless. And so I have like four different people directly working with Facebook trying to help me out. 
Um, meanwhile, I can watch this guy doing all this weird shit to my account, you know, because I've been tracking him. Yeah. Um, it's just so bizarre. And um, so what finally ended up working is that I went back on to Facebook ads manager and I found someone that like had a brain and wasn't just reading off a script. And he, he was like, I'm going to help you. And I promise you that when I get off the phone, I will bring this up internally and we'll find a solution. And that was ultimately what ended up happening was that guy, um, Adrian, I was like, Adrian, thank you so much. Um, I will, I will send you a brisket. I'll FedEx one to your house. Thank you so much for your help. Um, just to have someone that like cared and was actually like a real person, not just reading off a script. Um, and he actually was the one that ended up getting it resolved and they were somehow able to take my account back from some period of time before the guy had deleted everything Oof. because that guy who took my account over had deleted all my posts. Wow. We, um, yeah, I mean, it was beyond upsetting and heartbreaking to watch because, you know, there's so much stuff you put on Instagram that never makes it anywhere else. Like I have this living, breathing blog with tons of content, but there's stuff that happens on Instagram that, that never makes it to the blog. Right. And, um, and you know, like for me, like I know some people have hundreds of thousands of followers or whatever, but it's really taken me a long time to get to 20, you know? Um, so and, you know, I have other places, too. I, I have my blog and I do some stuff on Pinterest. Like, I know some people only live on one network. But, like, yeah, anyway, it took me it's taken me a long time to get there. And it was just heartbreaking to think that all that work and everything was going to go down the tubes. And also just all those relationships I've built. You know, I, I miss talking to my friends and stuff. So that's actually how I got resolution. And I would say, like, the teachable thing about this is, like, don't give up. Um, you know, keep after it. Because... You know, the information I found is that after 14 days, that information is is deleted. Right. So if you're going to get your oh. account back, like those first couple of days or, you know, those first two weeks or that's yeah. really important. What about um, like ways to prevent going forward? What can you tell us? There's and you know what? I'm an idiot and I didn't have two factor authentication on. Um, though, so that's, I know, I know, I think I had it turned off because I have three accounts attached to mine and I just like, couldn't remember all the passwords and all that shit. And I just was like, I had it off and that was a mistake. Um, but the real mistake too, is just like being vulnerable and not checking the email address of the guy that sent it. Um, you can actually do triple authentication within Instagram. There's oh. a secondary, like like a, like a secondary app that will like verify a second time. Um, Instagram has also put some things in place. Like uh, there's some new things that they put in place that I don't think all accounts have enabled on it, but like, um, you know, like within 14 days, you can't change your profile name after like, after you've changed it multiple times, they'll stop you from changing it yeah. stuff like that. But just put the authentication on, um, don't make your password easy. You know, that's something I do a lot too. Sure, of course. And, um, and you know, if you do get stuck in this, believe it or not, a friend of mine, she had enlisted her son or something happened into like a white hat hacking. And there are people out there that are on the good side that you can find to help you get your account back, believe it or not. This wow. is something that I never would have even, you know, who yeah. knows, but How I actually found that out. Like there are people that do that. So it's kind of like, um, it's like Star Wars, you know, light versus evil. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I mean, certainly a harrowing tale, but luckily you persevere, you get the account back and continue to grow. Here's the best news. On the third Tuesday of every month, you can find Robin right here regaling us with food recipes and gift ideas and crazy internet stories. Uh, next month, we'll talk about the steamy slash nefarious Instagram account that we've been trying to get to like for the last two months, but we'll talk about that next time. I was excited to tell you all about it, but we'll just have to keep you guys waiting. All right. We'll see you back next month. All right, Robin. <laughs> Bye everyone. All right. Thanks again, Greg. There she is. Robin Lindars. Man, what a tale. Holy moly. Glad uh, I didn't have to go through that. Matt, I'm coming. Don't worry. I know you're probably worried that I'm leaving you high and dry but that is not the case we had to get all of the full information from robin on her tale of getting hijacked wow 
All right, let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking supplies. On the path to better barbecue results in no time, everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. They have 13 perfectly balanced rubs and seasonings, flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit. If you're looking for a new go-to sauce, oh, are you kidding me? How about Granny's Barbecue Sauce? Sounds old by name, but new in taste. That's right. If you're sick of what's out there on the market right now, give Granny's a try. Great all by itself, but if you want to try it as a base sauce where you can tweak from there, go ahead. No problem. Aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, they also offer... The very best pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa's the exclusive Mac dealer and even offering special packages. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers, all right. Take a look at the old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Sterling trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, call him for crying out loud, 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727 or shop their website. BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. Matt Frampton, the authority of pizza in the country, at a minimum at the country. Coming up right after this. Stick around. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. That's right. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield.com. Throughout the grilling season, check them out as uh, world championship pitmasters like Chris Lilly and Darren Worth and Ernest Cervantes and Childs Kriplin are talking to you. Mouthwatering flavor and artificial ingredients. Smithfield fresh pork, quite simply some of the finest pork money can buy if you can find it. Trusted choice of world champs. For use at home and on the competition circuit. How about that? Smithfield.com. All right. Who doesn't love good pizza? I do. Pound for pound pizza, my single most favorite food ever on the face of the earth. Even the worst pizza, pretty good pizza in my book, joining me tonight. And coming out of the bullpen to close this bitch down is one of the foremost live fire pizza cooking authorities in any industry and, nay, the world. Of course, I am talking about none other than Matt Frampton. What up, Matt? What is going on, brother? How My are guy you? is Good back. Matt Frampton is back. The most prolific pizza guy out there right now. So, Matt, we've had you on the show a number of times. We've talked about pizza. We've answered questions about dough and cookers and implements and all this stuff. I mean, you're... Uh, you're a guy that's uh, getting ready to celebrate yet another Father's Day. Do you uh, anticipate getting uh, gifts of pizza-related items, or do you own everything under the sun at this point? Oh, I'm sure I don't own everything. My family seems to find some unique gifts to give me, but it usually does revolve around pizza these days. I've gotten a little obsessed, I think, over the years. Yeah, no doubt about it. As I had mentioned, you you seem to be kind of the go-to guy on the internet at this point, and uh, you continue to steamroll that success. Do you remember when you kind of realize that people were coming to you more and more where maybe you were this authority that people are contacting you to ask all these in-depth pizza questions? Yeah, I, I noticed an uptick in traffic of my, I put a pizza rep- recipe out on my website and then I just started getting emails and it kind of snowballed from there. And I started teaching classes after that. And you know, the, I noticed a lot of people love it, sort of that detailed recipe that I have out there, but I also get a lot of questions about, you know, simplicity. I need something simple. What's an easy, what's a one day dough. And so I've started tinkering around with that as well, but it's been a long process. I've been at this now almost a decade. Wow. This past February, I, I went and graduated from the international school of pizza. So I'm a certified pizziolo from Sicily, Italy and America now. Really? And, uh, yeah, one of my most proud achievements, I think. Got a certificate and everything. Where right? do you do that at? Did you have to go somewhere to do that, or you do it online, or what? No, it was in San Francisco. It was a week-long class. It was uh, wow. actually running the largest pizzeria in the country. Uh, there was uh, four of us in the class. There's only a few of these a year. You have to 
go through a process of getting admitted and uh and then once you get accepted, you get put on the schedule and go take it. It was a great experience. What does that run you? Right before the pandemic, too. Yeah, what's that? Good time. What's that run you class-wise? Like, what's the tuition for that? Uh, tuition's 4000 for that class wow. for a five-day course, yeah. So uh, so big let, investment. Let me ask a, a dicky question here, but I just don't know because I'm uh, incompetent. Like, So what does that get you? Well, uh, there's a crest that I can use after my name now. Um, right. It gets me part of a a brotherhood of people, you know, not very many graduates, lots of help. If I were to open a restaurant, which isn't on my short or medium term, uh, plan, uh, it would get me a lot of help there with, I mean, it helps you get loans because uh-huh. it proves that you have you know, a, a strong desire to have a successful pizzeria. Mm-hmm. So mostly it's restaurant tours that take it. I was kind of an, uh, an edge case, uh, where I'm just more of a competition guy, social media guy, like to teach some classes and stuff like that and don't have a pizzeria. But locally here in Omaha, I've already gotten some some consulting opportunities out of it Ooh, with restaurants, and yeah. it's been cool. Did, did some of these other a-holes look at you like, who's this guy? Uh, you know, we're business people, we're restaurateurs, and, you know, this guy's just, like, doing hits out of the flabongo? Yeah, pretty much. I, I did get some flack. Even the instructor <laughs> at first, you know, we were grabbing these giant, gooey, things of dough and and he's thinking that's not a brisket guy you know he's he's looking at me as a barbecue dude um and i'm perfectly fine with that i'm a backyard guy through and through and uh pizza just happens to be part of the repertoire all right so uh we're having you on tonight because we have something great to announce so if you go to urbanslicerpizza.com, which is the website, you are now releasing pizza dough. That's right. There's the package right there for the Neapolitan style, but you also have a Detroit style. And uh, what's the other one? I forget. The, the, that's it's an outdoor, the, oh, outdoor grilling, grilling dough. dough. Yeah, all right. So we'll, we'll break yeah. these down here individually. But, you know, high concept. Um where is this in the grand scheme of you had this in your mind a year ago or two years ago or five years ago, or maybe it was more recent than that. And it just seems like a good, you know, you have downtime with the pandemic and a lot of people are either just staring at the corner and being uh, incredibly unproductive or, you know, like last week, Dave Bosco from butcher barbecue releases a barbecue mud because he's just has all this time to be creative because he's not on the competition trail anymore. What about for you? How did this, what's the genesis of this? Well, it's 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 about three, a little over three years in the making that I've been pestering a friend of mine that's uh, John McCone and Brad Brad Jungles. They're with Rufus Teague Barbecue, mm. and um, I, I asked for their help in in standing this up, and it was enough enough prodding and poking and pestering because uh, I really like their business model and what they've done and where they are, and so. Uh, about 14 months ago, we started testing flavors. It took me a really long time to settle in on something I'd be really proud of putting in a package. I mean, the whole goal for me was would I use it on a regular basis or as my general go-to uh, dough mix so I don't have to measure out things. And eventually, I got to a place where I wasn't measuring anymore. I was using the mixes that I was getting ready to put in the packaging that everyone can get now through Urban Slicer Pizza Works. And, um, I, this pandemic definitely gave me a lot of time to focus on that. I had a whole bunch of classes scheduled that I had to postpone, um, in Omaha and in other cities, obviously I can't be out competing right now and I'm not traveling for my day job. And so I've had plenty of opportunity to kind of punch through the finish line to get this out. And I'm so excited. We launched it last week. We've got the website out. We're already in stores. We're in Several stores in Nebraska, Kansas, and Iowa. We're uh, we're in the Duchess of Pork in Australia. We just shipped to them this week, so technically international. And we have a lot of, of big things coming. I hope to get it in stores across the country so people have easy access to it. Uh, shipping just you know isn't awesome these days. All right, so uh, you know the American public. I'm gonna hold the world aside because I don't speak for the world, but I do speak for America. Uh, you know, inherently, we like to learn stuff. But if there is a, uh, let's say, easier way, then uh, why not take a run at it? If it maybe it's going to be even better than we thought. So your process, you basically uh, take your package, uh, <laughs> take the package of dough, I mean, and uh, tear the top off, 
uh, some uh, <laughs> some warm water and you know get through the whole uh, proofing part and then you're more or less ready to go like wh- where do you win time wise uh, from start to finish here yeah so all of these packages are designed to be same day so you take the pat you take the contents of the package you just add one cup of water all three packages are measured out exactly the uh, precisely so they take one cup of water and you mix that up and then it separates into two different pizzas each pack each package makes two and two hours later you have two dough balls that are risen up to exactly what you need for awesome pizza and then you can cook it so start to finish you know two hours same day does it benefit like can, should i if i did it for four hours or eight hours like does it get better like uh, marinating or anything like this or i mean that you've just dialed it right into the two hours so you can just get going you could do uh, the Detroit one. Actually, we I like to rise it in a pan for an additional hour after the do- original dough balls rise, and those instructions are on the package. We actually put two to four on the packaging, but uh, two in the summertime for me right now is is the sweet spot. Hmm. You can over rise it, and then it'll fall flat when you cook it. So, um, yeah, it's two to three, four is fine. Um, but it, there's not a, a bunch of time required to make this, and I. I think without a doubt, it's the best pizza dough mix you can buy on the shelf that goes in your pantry, Mm. uh, any store, anywhere in the country. I've tried them all. It works as good, if not better than all of them. And the flavor is out of this world. So super proud of all of that for sure. And the fact that it's simple, if you look at my recipe online, it's a multi-day process to get it. I like to ferment it and it sits in the fridge and all this uh, this was designed, this actually isn't as good. If you age it, it's best same day. It's, it's made for it. And it has an 18 month shelf life in the package, in the package. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Wow. All right. So how long of a process is, I mean, I assume you're working with some kind of a, you know, I don't know what the term is for pizza stuff, but like co-packer in the barbecue world for like sauces and rub, you're working with a professional organization that's putting those ingredients together and packaging. But is there a lot of back and forth on, Uh, like taste or specific, you know, baking and cooking are two entirely different monsters. You know, you mess up a teaspoon and tablespoon, you're kind of screwed where, you know, if you add a little too much this in your barbecue sauce or too much that in your barbecue rub, you're probably not changing your life that much. It it was a lot. And I'll tell you, my first batches, I started out with like the blue blue sky flowers imported from Italy and all this crazy stuff. And it just made no economic sense. So we had to go out and find flowers that met my quality standards, but were readily available in the United States. Uh, so we could bring, you know, the cost of our product done, down so we could put it out to market. And so that was a lot of back and forth. But the company that I worked with is fantastic. They're very smart. They've done a lot of this. They, uh, they know their stuff. They're scientific. One of our biggest challenges, for, as an example, because this is the first one on the market that has yeast in the package already. Mm. Yeast next to salt in its dry form actually will die. Will die. But we developed a yeast that has a coating around it, and it can last the full 18 months in a package without dying. And so wow. um, that was one thing we overcame through all, all of our trial and error. And uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a really fun scientific process. I mean, I'm. I'm proud of it. I'm excited. Matt Frampton joining us here on the show. UrbanSlicerPizza.com is the website to go to, and you can start. Uh, you can buy it right now, right? It's available for sale. Available for sale online, uh, and if you're looking in Omaha, we're at the Helping You Barbecue Store at Rakes Beef. Uh, we're in the Kansas City Grilling Store in the Kansas City area, and uh, Iowa Barbecue Barbecue Store out in Iowa. If you are a small store and you want to carry it, I've I've got plenty for you to cut carry we have wholesale pricing so you can just reach out to me i'd like to be in in every store uh at least in a store in every city so reach out to me did you have to make an initial buy or did you have some type of an agreement with the with the packer that you know there there maybe there's some kind of initial buy for you but there's stuff at the ready and i mean it sounds like you have some pretty big things cooking from a retail side so if one of those things hit all of a sudden, you got to have product to be able to to turn out or ship to them directly, or maybe it's a a product that they can make quickly and then deliver in a in a pretty expeditious time. 
Yeah, luckily we've chosen ingredients that are they're fairly available. It's an e- it's an easy to make blend now that it's dialed in. We have enough packaging for anything that could come our way mm-hmm. in the next 12 to to 18 months. Uh, so the packaging is one of the most difficult things. You got to get it dialed in, get your UPCs correct, all of your nutritional information, and once you print it, you print it. And um, so we went through a very uh, tedious process to make sure we, we nailed that down and we have plenty on hand. So we ordered a lot of packaging. We did a big first order that's in our inventory right now. We have uh, many, many pallets of, of dough mix ready to go and we can have more ready, uh, very quickly if we were to get uh, a big order. We've got a couple of restaurants that, um, are interested in bulk as well and uh-huh. just take it in, in large batches and, and serve the pizzas in their pizzerias. Do you have investors of Matt Frampton or are you, are you, uh, are you in the hole here? Just me. Really? And my partners. All right. So how yeah. much, how much are you in now before the windfall hits? Like what, what's your, uh, what's your, <laughs> uh, what's your fire under your ass look like? Oh man, it's fine. I'm, I'm comfortable <laughs> with what we're doing. I, I am very confident that things are going to go well. I had a, a stretch goal for week one. I had a goal and a stretch goal, and we more than tripled the stretch goal, wow. which is I just can't thank everyone enough for their support and believing in what we're doing. Uh, says a lot about um, the idea, I think, after the first week, and and we have more to come. We're working on a sauce right now that will be ready very soon, and I think it's fantastic, and other things that we'll announce as they're ready. Do you think also, Matt, and you know, maybe you're going to be too modest to say this, but over this 10-year time frame, you have been one that answers telephone calls and direct messages and emails, and you've been a wealth of information and education. So it's almost like this is a way for your fans and your supporters to thank you right away. Maybe there's maybe there's been no other way to show you that they have your back and they want to support you other than just saying, hey, thanks, you know, Matt's a great guy. You should ask him questions too, and they're just filtering more questions to you, more time on, on your plate to cover. But now you have the opportunity to sell a product, and bam, they are right there to to grab it up and help you go three times over your stretch. I, I have a feeling that that's part of it, and uh, you know, I, I I don't know what to say. I, I just that's I, I'm I, I'm speechless, honestly. If if that is a big part of it, I think that's fantastic. Um, I, I'm glad to share. I've, I've I've shared the fact that we have a product on all the forums that I'm active on. Uh, with the message that please continue to make your own, please send me your ideas or ask me questions. This is not a replacement for that back and forth that we've had over the years. It's uh, an alternative to having your pantry on the ready. It's something easy. And I mean, I, I'm going to use it personally all the time. And uh, so if you're on the fence, I suggest you try it and, and then give me your feedback and we'll make any tweaks we need to if, if necessary uh, we got some margin in here you're gonna be you're gonna be okay you're gonna make it back here pretty quick it, it's it's gonna be a long road Greg but I think <laughs> we're gonna be okay it's uh we're, we're hoping for volume you know oh, it's, boy. Uh, sounds like truck sales we're, we're not uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I th- I think we'll be all right you know get get the sauce going and some other products and uh I'm excited about the future for this company. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a player, and um, for sure, I, I'm. I wouldn't put it out to market if I didn't believe in what comes out of the package. Uh, it's the real deal. So I, I'm looking forward to everyone getting a chance to trying it. How do you decide on? I mean, certainly neo pies right now are in vogue. They have been for the last couple of years. But where? What? What the hell is grilling dough? And then. I mean, heaven forbid a, a Detroit pizza. I mean, from a guy in Cleveland, of course. I mean, we have nothing of our own, but uh, we make fun of people in Detroit from Cleveland, so that should tell you something. But why? Uh, right. I didn't even know Detroit really had a pizza until like uh, six months ago. I started coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, it's it's gotten big the last two, three years. And uh, so the Neapolitan, obviously, that's your traditional wood-fired pizza. You yeah. do it at its best at higher temperatures, the the Green Mountain Pizza Oven, as an example, or an uni or something like that. Um, the grilling dough is actually intended to go right on your grill grate or on a stone. You roll it out. It's It has less gluten in it, so it doesn't rise up as much. It's more like a flatbread. 
it's think thin and crispy on that one. And then the Detroit is intended for a pan. It doesn't have to be a Detroit. I brought this in case you've never seen them, but a Detroit pan looks like that is usually square or rectangle. Hmm. And it's got these sort of edges that uh, aren't square and it lets the cheese melt down into the side. And that's the, that's the sort of uh, the secret sauce of the Detroit pizza. But you can do it in a round pan. You can do it in a cookie sheet. You can do it in a Pyrex. But it is intended for a pan. You can do it in your oven, on the grill, 500 degrees. The Neapolitan is really the only one. I mean, it'll work in an oven just fine on a stone, but it is better on a, you know, some of these portable ovens that a lot of people are getting in their backyards now or a, a true pizza oven. He is uh, leveling up the pizza game, as they say these days. It's Matt Frampton. Urban Slicer Pizza Works on the website, urbanslicerpizza.com. I'm going to grab all three. Why not? It's going to be a great weekend coming up. We might be putting pizza in our faces. and I mean, they just couldn't be any easier, it sounds like, with some water, pour them out, let them wait a couple hours, and away you go. Uh, anything else before I let you go tonight, Matt? Just, just real quick, we are running a Father's Day deal on the website Ooh. for fifteen ninety nine. You get all three. It's called the Works. So if you want to pick that up, go ahead. And I think a lot of our stores are honoring that same agreement. So I hope you do try them all. And but whatever you do, please send me pictures or tag me, and uh, I can't wait to see them. Happy Father's Day to you, sir. All right, Matt. Well, I appreciate you coming on again. The website urbanslicer.com. Grab all three Father's Day special, and we will talk to you again soon, my man. Thank you so much. You got Great it. Catch, catching up. There he is, Matt Frampton. This guy's doing it, man. I mean, forget about it. He is really doing it. He's got a pizza company. It's going gangbustered. He's tripled his stretch goal. Come on. Love it. By the way, Matt Frampton is killing it right now, but I want to give a special shout-out to Ryan Amos and Logan Hendrickson, the other two-thirds of hot grill-on-grill action. What up, guys? All those guys, very successful, by the way. Matt killing it on the pizza side. Logan's got some, uh, like, nurse placement company that's, like, the biggest in Nebraska. Ryan Amos uh, makes custom gun holsters, I think, and thermopen holsters. I think I was going to hit that with Matt, but we blew over time. Way to go, guys. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Stick around. We'll be right back. All right, we're going to wrap it up. This portion of the show being brought to you by The Smoke Sheet. Head on over to bbqnewsletter.com and subscribe and get all the reports on the barbecue news happening during the course of the week. Brought to you by Ryan Cooper and Sean Ludwig. Again, that website, bbqnewsletter.com. A great all-in-one resource covering the live fire industry. Don't forget, all the way back in the first hour, Ted Reeder is opening up a barbecue restaurant four times a week over the El Dorado Golf Course in Ontario, Canada. Burgers, chicken, brisket, and bacon. What possibly bad could happen over there? Nothing. When it's Ted, it's solely delicious. Looking forward to that. June 25th, that opens. Then we talked with Brad Stewart from Crisby.org. O-R-G. Not .com, not .net, .org. If you have cast iron, most of us do. Go on. Get the Crisby stick. Get the Crisby puck. Get the Crispy Cream for your wood. <laughs> Great. There's a lot of stuff I'm going to be buying tonight for Father's Day. I'm very happy about that. Great first visit from Brad. Robin Lindars came on strong and told everybody about her nightmare on Instagram getting hacked out of her own account. Finally getting it back and returning to greatness. Some great gift ideas as well, as she had mentioned at the top of that interview. And then we close it out with the Pizza Man of the Earth, Matt Frampton. UrbanSlicerPizza.com. The works package right now for $15.99. Get all three doughs. Neapolitan grill dough. 
the grilling dough and the uh, Detroit style. I know you're going to try it out. I know I am. I know I am. Big show planned for you next week. Fourth Tuesday of the month brings a visit from Derek Riches. The embedded correspondence in the second hour, and who knows what the hell else is going to happen. But I'll be there to check it out. I hope you will, too. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. This is Jimmy Burns from Melbourne, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. 